Good morning. Good morning. Check, check. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Um, real quick, um, I'm going to have Gary come up. We need to make an announcement this morning um, um, about Jaylene. And so I'm going to turn it over to Gary. He's going to explain what's going on. Um, they're still coming in a little bit. Do you want to? Just give us a couple seconds here. This isn't very loud. Can you, Sherry, can you turn it up just a little bit more? Just a tiny bit more, please. Okay. Gary's going to come up here in a minute. I, I'm not sure if you know, but Jaylene's in the hospital, Randy's wife, and he's going to give you the details on what's going on with her, and we're going to pray for the family this morning. So, Gary. I know you were expecting Randy, and I'm not near as good looking as Randy is, but um, I, I'm taking his place this morning. Um, there's three things that, that I want to go over. First of all, uh, on behalf of uh, the board and our church family, we'd like to give our staff a little Christmas gift. So if I call your name, will you please come up? And that's the first one's pastor. I don't know how you got up there first. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And Kim, come on up here. Don't be shaking your head no. And you got to be over here so you can get in the camera so they can everybody can see you. Say wave to the camera. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> and Julie, <laughs> you guys are so exciting, man. <laughs> Merry Gary. Christmas. Um, The second thing that I'd like to bring up is uh, a Christmas dinner. We've, we've been announcing it last few Sundays, but this is the last day. If you know anybody that would like to be blessed with a Christmas dinner, the men's ministry is, is doing it. All you got to do is put a name 
and a phone number in the offering box outside the door, and we'll take care of it. So anybody that you can think of that needs a Christmas dinner, we would like to do that for everybody. Okay? The last thing is Jay Lee. Um, I'll kind of go through a quick synopsis of what happened. The morning before yesterday, no, yesterday morning, uh, about 4 o'clock, Randy tried to wake her up, and she was unresponsive. And so he had he called the ambulance the ambulance come and got her um so pastor and i went up there early saturday morning and we prayed for her and they did a cat scan on her brain and come to find out she's got a tumor in there and she's also bleeding and about 50 percent of her brain is full of blood so she's she hasn't been conscious she's not going to be conscious um they were going to airlift her to Oklahoma City. They sent uh, the DVD disc up there. They looked at it and said there's nothing that they can do for her. Um, if they, even if they did surgery on her, um, she's bleeding because of the tumor, and it would just continue to keep bleeding. So she's being taken care of. She's been medic- medicated. And she's comfortable, but there's really nothing else that they can do. Um, the family requests that you don't visit the hospital and you don't call. And that's, that's coming from the family. Um, so I just wanted to, to pass that along. Um, they appreciate all the prayers that, that you all have been given to them uh, and they're doing the best they can do but it was a real shock for for randy because he didn't know that she had a brain tumor and uh and then when they found out she was bleeding inside her brain um it made it tough Uh, so i will stick around after church if you have any other questions i'd be more than happy to try to to answer them um I've been up to the hospital quite a bit, and uh, he's doing okay. Would you please stand as we pray for the family this morning? Father God, we just lift up uh, Randy and the family to you and the kids and Gary and our church body, but we lift them up to you this morning, especially Randy. Uh, Father, we pray for Raylene. Uh, Father, Jaylene, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Jaylene this morning. Pray for Jaylene, Father, and I pray, Father, that you would just touch her brain. You know, you are a miracle-working God, and we can believe for a miracle. Uh, Father, we give her to you. We lay her at your feet. We pray, Father, that there would be no suffering or pain. We pray for the family that you would comfort them and strengthen them and encourage them this morning. Father, again, sometimes, and I shared this the other day, we don't have words sometimes to say. But, Father, it says that the Holy Spirit intercedes or prays on our behalf with words and moans that words cannot express. So we pray for them with the comforting anointing of the Holy Spirit on that family right now in the hospital. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. And I'm sorry about the name thing. I, you got to know I've got this name stuck in my head that from when we moved up here. So anyway, Stacy's just said, be quiet. You're going to get yourself into trouble. So um, I, I want to make a couple announcements here. And then my wife's got a couple announcements she needs to make. Um, just to remember, there is a prayer list in your bulletin. If you ever want to pray for anybody on that list, if you want to be placed on that list, please pray. Uh, pray for Rebecca Jesse as well. She's sick this morning, so keep her in your prayers. Um, also, just a couple other things. Don't forget about that uh, we have a, a, a Christmas dinner coming up December 17th, right after the church service. That's the, And Stacy's going to announce the candy. You already did the candy cane play, right? P program. Oh, you want me to do it? Okay, so... December 17th, it's a, we're going to have a, a kids and youth Christmas program that morning. So both the youth and the kids are going to do that. And it, it involves a candy cane. And the youth are going to do a human video, if I'm not mistaken, right? A human video that morning. And then we will have a Christmas dinner afterwards. And uh, uh, again, uh, how many of you guys like turkey? Or it's brisket. Oh, it's barbecue. Sorry. Boy, I'm really messed up this morning. <laughs> Getting names wrong and all kinds of stuff. So I hope my preaching doesn't go that way this morning so we did have a christmas party last night great turnout had fun um it, it was it was a blast and i want to give a shout out to my wife and some of those that helped for getting that together why are you shaking your head no she she got a lot of it together also december 24th we are having a christmas eve service in the morning as well as a christmas eve service that night so, you know, if you have family, I understand that's okay. We'll have a normal Christmas Eve service in the morning because it's a Sunday morning. And then that evening, we're going to have a 6 o'clock candlelight service with communion. It's not going to be long. We're going to do Christmas songs together. We will light candles, and we will sing Silent Night at the end of it. And then we will close and go home and spend time with our families. So I'm going to turn it over to Stacy. She's got a few announcements that she needs to make. Well, he already did the bulk of it, which is fine. <laughs> um, out in the back, you'll see a little t uh, table that says Merry Christmas Cards. If anybody wants to do Christmas cards for the church family, we're putting them on the table back there, and then we will hand them out. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody that came last night. It was a lot of fun, and I, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed you. Uh, second thing, very important, if you're involved with the Christmas play at all, I need you to stick around after church for a little bit so we can go over a few things and make sure we got everything right up here on the stage. The other thing is we're handing out Christmas care bags, and we're going to be doing that tomorrow. Thank you to everybody who donated and got things for the neighborhood that we're going to be taking it out to. Really appreciate that. I'd like to turn over to Ron as we take up our morning ties and offerings. If we can have our ushers come at this time. John, would you mind praying this morning?
this morning, God. We ask that you just have your way in this whole entire sanctuary, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, let's worship.
so you can move Come and do what only you can do I want to live in expectation Of your kingdom breaking through Let's sing that again I want to move I want to move so you can move Come and do what only you can do I want to live in expectation Of your kingdom breaking through My hands are open My heart is free Open the heavens Rain down on me, fall down on me My hands are open is free, open the heavens, rain down on me, fall down on me. And I want to come to you in boldness, by your power I receive, and I want to live in expectation, with you I'll do greater things. Cause I in greater things My hands are opened My heart is free Open the heavens Rain down on me Fall down on me My hands are opened My heart is free Open the heavens Rain down on me Fall down Till all that overwhelms is overwhelmed by you And every soul has seen what you can do A holy visitation where everything is changing There's no empty spaces when you move Till all that overwhelms is overwhelmed by you Every soul has seen what you can do. A holy visitation where everything is changing. There's no empty spaces when you move. My hands are opened. My heart is free. Open the heavens. Rain down on me. Fall down on me. free open the heavens rain down on me fall down on me my hands are open my heart is free open the heavens rain down on me fall down on me my hands are open my heart is free open the heavens rain down on
Holy Spirit 
We're reminded that you send the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos. Lord, there's certain names for him. He is wonderful. He is the wonderful counselor, the spirit of comfort. Father, we thank you that you're not only a spirit that gives us dutimous power, but you give us comfort in our time of need. Jesus, we thank you that you came to die for our sins, but you rose from the grave to give us life and life abundantly. 
And Lord, you have not left us alone as orphans in this world, but you have given us the Holy Spirit who will lead us and guide us into all truth and who will comfort us in our time of need. We thank you for your comfort this morning over our body and over our church. We thank you that you are here and you are with us this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. And I'd like to dismiss the kids at this time. You may be seated. You know, the babes remind you what you're supposed to do. I heard one of them say, dismiss the kids. Well, good morning. Again, I want to, sometimes I over-apologize, but again, I didn't mean to get the name wrong. I know her name, but I just had this other name, so please forgive me. Um, and pray for me, too. I'm not always great with names. Some pastors are good with them. I'm bad with them, so please help me with that. I don't know if it's amnesia or whatever, so just keep me in your prayers. So, um, If you have your Bibles, would you open up with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 9? We're going to be looking at the first seven verses this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at a lot of passages of Scripture this morning. And uh, uh, how many of you guys like the Bible? How many of you guys are used to turning the Scriptures? Some of us have digital phones now, so it's a little bit quicker, right? So if you beat me to it, that's okay. So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. God laid this on my heart very strong the last three days. And so I feel like we need to hear this this morning. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be for fuel for fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness, from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you want to share this message with this congregation today. As your spokesman, I can do nothing apart from you. Speak through me what you would say to each one of us this morning. Open the eyes of our hearts that we may not only see, but hear what your spirit is saying to us. Plow up the unplowed ground in our hearts where there's hardness and soften it. Give us a new understanding of who you are and what you're doing and that you are coming back. 
Thank you that you are the God that is everlasting, who was and is and always will be. Again, Father, open up our eyes that we may see and our ears to hear. I get out of the way so your spirit can speak. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Now, Isaiah wrote the book of Isaiah while in captivity in a place called Babylon. Now, Israel had sinned against the Lord, and they had not kept what we call, and I think I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, what they call the Shemitah years. Every seventh year, they were to let the land rest. So in farming, they weren't to do any farming that seventh year to replenish it. Only God knew that the ground needed to replenish, right? We found that in the Dust Bowl of the 1930s. They figured they over-farmed the land and drought had hit, that, that nothing could grow because the ground has to have nutrients. God was taking care of his people, but his people weren't obedient to it. Not only that, they had set up idols in place of God, and they had turned their back on the Lord. So God put them into captivity. Isaiah, a prophet, was in, in Babylon when God began to speak to him. And you can just imagine the despair that they were in, the gloom that they were in, in captivity. Can I tell you this morning, before we come to Christ, we are in captivity. We are in gloom. But Jesus came to set us free from that gloom and that captivity. So they were without hope. And yet God sends a word through Isaiah to bring hope to a nation. He starts in verse 1, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor the Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. This is speaking of Jesus coming. This is prophetic, that even though they're in gloom, future speaking, God would not only restore them back to Israel, but in the future, the, the farther future, that God was going to bring a king to rule over them, that he was going to bring somebody that was greater than all of their gloom. And it would be to the Sea of Galilee, the, the Galileans of the Gentiles. Jesus grew up in Galilee. In fact, the disciples were Galileans. And only God could prophesy where Jesus would sir turn with me hold your spot here and go with me to Matthew chapter 4 verses 13 through 16 Matthew chapter 4 verses 16 or I'm sorry 13 through 16 let's start in verse 12 Matthew chapter 4 verse 12 when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison he returned to where Galilee Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way to the sea, along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. God was saying, uh, you're in darkness right now, but I'm going to bring a light into your life. You and I were living in darkness before we came to Christ, but God brought a light. Can I tell you that light is still shining bright? It wasn't just a one-time thing. If you're born again this morning, that light of life is living inside of you. 
But pastor, you don't know what kind of week I've had. You don't know what kind of people I've had to deal with. Customers. Walmart workers. Shoppers. By the way, how many of you guys saw me at Walmart this week about three or four times? He is light. Jesus is light. Jesus prophesied this. He spoke about it. Let's go back to Isaiah. Verse 2. These people are in gloom, but God's giving them hope. You might be in gloom this morning, but God has hope for you. Verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A great light. Again, Jesus is that light in the darkness. When I was stationed in North Dakota, in the military, we had nuclear missile sites, and they would be five, ten miles apart. And North Dakota is all farming country. By the way, their, their state bird is the mosquito. You used to cut the grass. I don't know what this has to do with the message this morning, but I'm serious. I'd mow the, the missile silos, and it looked like the grass was on fire, and it, and it was smoke. It wasn't. It was mosquitoes. So. But at nighttime, you could light a cigarette. I, 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 know I don't smoke, but some of the guys I worked with would smoke, and you could see them miles away from them lighting a cigarette. Now, how big is a cigarette? It's not very big, is it? Jesus is a light that lights up the whole world. And he says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And you are the light of the world. Jesus living inside of you says that you are a light during this season, during this time that the world is darkness and you are that light going out because you're taking Jesus everywhere that you go. That's what Christmas is about. This dark world has seen a great light. And his name is Jesus. Go with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. John describes this light. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born of not natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. John describes this light. First of all, the, the light is described as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That means He always has been. 
This light is God's word that will, will never, ever pass away. Everything else will pass away, but not the words of God. This light is the word. This word is Jesus whom he's speaking of here. Through him all things were made. You were made by him. I was made by him. The materials that we use today were made by God. The things that you and I own belong to him. The things that we take so dear to us belong to him. Even your animals belong to him. He made them. We love them, but he made them. Your car that you love so much. I, I heard a really good sermon one time on that. Well, I don't know if I want to steal it a little bit, but I, now I'll go, I'll go in a different direction. That might, might get me in trouble. But through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Now look at this. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Jesus is not only light, but he's life. If you have Christ this morning, you have life. If you don't have Christ, you have no life. We celebrate Christmas, but we forget that Jesus came to give us life. And life abundantly, overflowing. You and I have eternal life bubbling up in us. You may not feel it. You may not see it, but it's there. You have eternal life bubbling up in you. How many of you have put a dam on that bubbling life? There came a man who was sent from John. His name was John. John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning You and I were witnesses to the light. Can I ask you a question? Are you witnessing to the light? Are you sharing Jesus with others during this time? During this season? Let me share something else. Do you share him throughout the year? Or do you just focus on certain times of the year? You have the light of life living inside of you. How can you not share that with somebody? Let me share something with you. My kids love it when I turn on my bright light. You know, we always get onto them for not shining the light in their eyes, right? Anybody ever get a light shined in your eyes? In the old days, it was the mag lights. Now they got these LED lights that are a whole lot brighter. And it hurts your eyes, doesn't it? Well, I'll tease my kids once in a while, and I have one of these strobe lights on it. They don't wake up in the morning. I just turn that thing on, and it's just, you know. You have a light that's like a strobe light, like a beam that goes throughout the land. And when you light it, it affects others around you. Verse 8, he, he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. This is describing Christ. He came in. Isaiah, remember, he, Isaiah wrote this 800 years before Christ came. And he's speaking of this light coming into this world. And this light came in it, into this world for you and I. For everyone. Even the people that we don't think should have it. He came into this world. Verse 10, he was in the world and through the world, even though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Not everybody recognizes Jesus. And that includes people that are in church sometimes. 
everybody recognizes Jesus. I've known people that have been in church their whole life, but they don't know Jesus. Verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. His own people did not receive him. They did not accept him. But yet, look at this, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, I want you to get this this morning, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born of not natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Guys, Jesus came down, and if you've accepted him this morning, if he's in your heart, you are born of God. You have received him. You have the light of life in you, and that is something to be shared. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 3, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 3. He says, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoiced at harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. God was going to bring joy to a nation. And not only was he going to bring joy to a nation, but he was going to bring joy to the world. There's something about being a believer. You can have a bad week and yet still have joy rise up in your heart. You can have a difficult time and yet God can instill his joy. Now, there's a difference between joy and being happy. When you buy a brand new car, you're happy. It's got that nice smell to it. Anybody like that car smell? Oh, man, sometimes I like just going to dealerships just to smell that smell. When somebody gets a new car, whether I like it or not, I like to just sit in it because it's, what kind of chemicals do they use? They, it smells so good. And you love it and you're happy until you get the bill. We call that happenstance. Happenstance means that it's fleeting. You're happy for a moment, but it's gone. I get excited when my team wins. I get upset when they lose. Right? That's happenstance. Joy is eternal. It's eternal. The joy that comes from God is eternal. You might be happy for a moment, and it's fleeting, but in Jesus there's true joy. David in I think it's in 2 Samuel chapter 30, 1st or 2nd Samuel chapter 30. Don't quote me on it. You can look it up. But when Ziklag was captured and burned and his family was taken and his, his, his soldiers were ready to stone him, says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. The idea there is that he received joy from God. He strengthened himself in God and got his joy from the Lord because... The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. So Jesus not only brings a light to the world, he brings joy to the world. And he brings joy to our hearts. And it says as people rejoice at the harvest. In those days, they would, that was a big time to harvest the wheat and the food for that year. And, and they, would, they would have a celebration. In fact, here's an interesting thing that they would take. When they would offer up the sheaves of the harvest, they would actually, the high priest would offer it up and the wind would catch it, but they would make the shape of a cross. 
and the excitement that food can. How many of you guys like food? You know, we're, we're so blessed in America, we don't even think about it. We got food places everywhere. F food is not a problem in America. It is for some people, but most of us, we don't have a food problem. Just look at our waistline and we're fine, right? That's why we have exercise bikes and running and to burn off all that food we eat. But then they were dependent on that harvest. So when they had a harvest, they were joyful that the harvest had come in. Farmers, when they have a harvest come in, they are joyful that the harvest has come in. As men rejoiced when dividing the plunder, they would conquer their enemies and they would divide the plunder that they took from their enemies. God says that's what he's done for us. Hold your spot here and go with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Look at me in verses 14 and 15. Now, Jesus is questioning about fasting, but I want you to get a picture here. Matthew 9, 14 says, Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. But while the bridegroom was here, Jesus was here with the disciples. He said, I bring joy. Because How many of you guys like a wedding? I mean, I have never been to a gloomy wedding before. I have never been to a wedding where the, the groom gets up there and goes, okay, I guess I have to marry this one. Or the, where the bride isn't crying and... I mean, when my bride walked down the aisle, I still, we have pictures we found. Oh, I had a big smile on my face. A wedding feast is to be joyful, not gloomy. I don't want to hear horror stories this morning later on. Jesus is saying, while I'm still here, it's a, it's a wedding feast. A wedding feast is to be joyful. When you and I are connected to Christ, when we're born again, when we're saved and we surrender our life, to, that's a moment of joy. Think about that. When you came to Christ, how did you feel? Joy. I remember sharing the gospel the day I got saved. That should stir us to joy to share the gospel with others. April 19, 1984, mom led me to the Lord. You know the story, I've shared it with you. I remember right afterwards, this Korean lady that lived next door to us in the apartments. I said, Mom, I, got, I had a picture of Jesus. Remember the old pictures of Jesus knocking on the door? And I said, Mom, I got to go share this with that lady. And I remember taking the picture over to it, knocking on the door. I said, I just want to share it with you that I gave Jesus my heart today, and he wants your heart too. As a little seven-year-old boy, do you still have that joy in you? Do you need to do what David said, restore unto me the joy of my what? Salvation. Have we become like the church of Ephesus where we've lost our first love? You know how you get that love back? You stir it up. You go on dates. Men, how many of you date your wife? 
I need to date my wife. We haven't been on a date yet. Well, we've been on one, but I like to date my wife. Why? Because it's a marriage. We get to know each other. We get to stir each other. We get to build up our love for one another. That's the same with Jesus. Stir up that joy within you, the joy that he's placed within you. Even if you don't feel like you have joy this morning, it's not based on what you feel. It's based on what the Word of God says, that if you have Christ, you have joy. If you have Jesus, you have light. If you have Jesus, you have life. You have him inside of you. That is what Christmas is about. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 9. I didn't even tell you the title of the message. Why did Jesus come? Look in verse 5. He says, every warrior's boot is used in battle. Boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. The reference to every warrior boot and every garment rolled in blood and used for, for, the, uh, for the fire means the battle is over, the battle is finished and won. In the old times when they did that, they were saying the battle's over, the, the battle has been won. Can I tell you, Jesus brings victory. When you ask Jesus in your life, not only does he bring light, not only does he bring life, not only does he bring uh, joy, but he brings victory. Sometimes I get talking so fast I stumble over my own words. Did you all get that? Light, life, joy, and victory. What he's saying is when you have Christ in your life, you can say to the devil, I am under the blood. I no longer belong to you, but I belong to Christ. He has won the war. We just have to fight the battles. I was watching Home Alone 2 the other day. It's that time of year. Anybody like Home Alone 2? You know, one of my favorite scenes is where they're standing by the door and they're listening and there's a toolbox going down the steps, you know, and it slams up against the wall and he goes, that was a tool chest falling down the stairs. That brings joy to your heart, doesn't it? And in that movie, there is victory. When the enemy comes against you like a flood, God raises up a banner, and that banner is love. There is victory in Jesus. We used to sing that song, victory in Jesus. There is victory in Christ. Again, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have difficulties. That doesn't mean we're not going to go through trials and tribulations. But we can be victory, victorious through the battle, through the problem, because we know that Jesus has already won the war and in that movie it's interesting he at the end of the movie you know he slips on the ice and the and the guy goes you have you have won you have won the battles but we have won the war and and that wasn't the end of the movie we know that that's not the case but can i tell you again jesus has already won the war he has won the victory in fact I think of all the battles. We think of Gideon. In fact, when it says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across the shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. The victory is so powerful that he makes reference to when Gideon defeated the Midianites. 
If you know that story, God took thousands and numbered them all the way down to 300. In fact, it was 100 that came up that day. God's math is a whole lot different than our math. We think we need to have more. God says, no, you need to have less. Because the less of us, the more of him. He gets the victory. He gets the glory. And so he makes reference to that. That God is victorious in our life. If you need victory in Jesus today, tap into the one that can give you victory. Pray to the one that can give you the answer. He's the one that delivers. I don't know how many times God has come through for Stacy and I. Time and time again. I've shared some of that with you. In fact, one that I shared with you recently, I'll share again. So you, some of these stories, I can't help but repeat them. Anybody ever repeat your stories? My kids call me Bill Cosby sometimes. If you ever watched the Cosby show, he would always repeat his stories to his kids on the TV show. But when we lived in Upton, I remember one night, we, we, were, we were actually in tears trying to figure out how we were going to buy food for our family. And we prayed, Lord, how much do we need? We looked at our budget. Anybody ever look at your budget? Look at your checkbook and you're going, this is just not, I paid my tithes. I did what I was supposed to. God, what am I going to do? And we sat there and we prayed and we figured out, God, this is how much we need. And we wrote down $300. We were short $300. We prayed together and we just left it in God's hands. 30 minutes later, I get a knock at the door. It's a true story. Diane McMillan. I answer the door. She was there and she said, God told me to give you this. She hands me a check and I said, I opened it up and I went, no, I can't take this. Do you ever try to give back what God's trying to give you? You pray about something? No, 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 I don't want it, God. And when I opened up that check, guess how much it was? $300. I could tell you time and time again how God has come through. How he sent a person right at the right moment to bring encouragement. Or a phone call. I remember when Stacy and I first got married. Anybody, when you were first got married, you didn't hardly have anything, right? You got to understand, I was a bachelor. I got married at 31. Stacy was 30. I'm not going to tell you how old she is. I'm 46. That tells you how old she is. <laughs> You're all going to tell her, aren't you? Well, we get married and, you know, when you're a bachelor, you don't hardly have anything in your refrigerator. The only time I ever had anything in there was a chocolate cake that I gave to my nephews when I was watching them one night. And my sister called me at midnight to tell me what I gave them. Chocolate does things to kids. But I remember opening up the freezer door going, Stacy, what are we going to do? We're in an apartment. Most of our paycheck went to our apartment. Bill, everybody knows that. We had a two-bedroom apartment. I've been working for Tulsa County for eight years. And we're struggling and we're trying to figure out how we're going to make the, you know, you get down to the final penny of figuring out how you're going to do it. And I went to the freezer and I went, we don't have any food. What are we going to do? And she goes, I don't know. Let's just pray. Now get this, I didn't even pray yet. I closed the freezer door. And as it hit the seal, my mom calls and she says, 
I'm calling because I feel like God told me to give you some food. And in fact, I'm going to give you some food. Come over to my house. I got some canned foods that we have extra that dad said that you can have. And we have half of a cow from last year that we want to give you. That is God bringing victory and showing us that he is faithful and true and he will supply your need and take care of you. I share those stories because it did happen to me. And it gives faith to you to know that we can trust him to take care of us. If he sent his son to give you joy, to give you light, to give you life, to give you victory, he will come through for you when you need it. Verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We know this is a prophetic word that Isaiah gets, gives. Again, this was written 800 years before the birth of Christ. If anybody know, uh, questions the validity of the Bible, do you know they just found a scroll that's like over 2,500 years old and it's burnt and it's rolled up. And the technology that we have today, they can unroll that scroll and read it. And a few grammatical errors and commas, it has not changed in that time from the Bible that we have today. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. God gave us the greatest gift of all. The message that I'm going to have for Christmas Eve morning is God's gift unwrapped. God gave you and I the greatest gift. He gave us his son. How many of you would be willing to sacrifice your child for somebody else? Think about that for a minute. How many of you love your kids? How many of you want sometimes to do other things to them because they drive you nuts? <laughs> but God gave them to you. It, it, they're actually his kids. Did you know that? And we're stewards of those kids. Boy, I'm going to have to give an account to the Lord one day. <laughs> but we love our kids. We would do anything for our children. When my kids come up here sometimes with me during the day because they're homeschooled and I'm working on a sermon and they'll come up here after their schoolwork is over and they'll ride their bikes, I'll bring their bikes up. Boy, I've got, I've got an eagle. I'm always constantly wondering where they're at because I love my kids. I don't want something bad to happen to them. God loves his kid, Jesus. And yet, it says it pleased him to crush him for you and I. I want you to think about that. Would you be pleased that your child was crushed for somebody else? Yet God was pleased that his son was crushed for us. That's how much God loves you and I. It pleased God. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Now listen to this. And the government will be on his shoulders. Jesus is going to reign one of these days. Look at verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. 
He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness for that time on and forever. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to reign for a thousand years. But that reign doesn't end there. It's going to reign forever and ever and ever. His reign is forever. Our King, our God, our Savior, our Lord, He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and His reign is never going to stop. You talk about justice, He's going to bring justice. You talk about wonder, He is wonder. You talk about righteousness, He's going to bring righteousness. Everything that Jesus is is going to be on earth in those days. Flip over with me to Isaiah chapter 11 real quick. Isaiah chapter 11, look with me in verses 1 through 16. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch. Notice that the word branch is capitalized in your Bibles. Will bear fruit. That branch that he's speaking of, that Root, that shoot, is Jesus. So mark in your Bibles the shoot is Jesus. I put a little circle around it and put a little line with an arrow. And I put the name Jesus. All scholars believe that. We know that. This is a prophetic word. A, that Jesus will come from the stump of Jesse. Do you know Jesse was the father of David? And David was a little short guy. Actually, he was taller than me. That's not fair. You know, I'm 5'6", and I just measured my... Do you shrink as you get older? I think I've dropped a half inch. My wife laughed at me. I'm like 5'5 five, five and a half now. I don't tell her how much the military... When the military measured me, they measured me at 5'4", and I got mad at them, and they said, shut up. <laughs> so from his roots, a branch will bear fruit... Look at this, verse 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. Do you need wisdom this morning? Jesus has it. Do you need understanding? He has it. The spirit of counsel and power. Do you need a little bit of counseling this morning? He's the greatest counselor of all. Uh, do you need power this morning? It says that he baptizes us with the spirit and with power. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Some of us in the church need a little dose of the fear of the Lord again. What is that? What that is is reverence towards God. A reverential fear. Sometimes we get a little too casual with him and need to remember that he is God Almighty and that he's not to be messed with. Right? I didn't get a lot of amens out of that one this morning. I got the giggles and the laughs, but not the amens out of the fear of the Lord. If you ever get a chance, read, a, um, oh boy, I'm, I hate that one in my brain. John Bevere has a great book on the fear of the Lord. Then look at this, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Jesus delights in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. How many times did he speak to the Pharisees and knew what they were thinking? Can I tell you, he knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what's on your heart, what's on your thoughts. He knows what you're desiring to eat after service today. Or decide by what he hears with his ears. 
but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give the decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. That's speaking of the tribulation period when he's going to come down and bring judgment on the earth. And I believe that we're getting very close to that. Guys, the technology is here today for the mark of the beast. You're seeing the nations align. You're seeing all this stuff come together, all the convergence of science. So Jesus is going to be coming back pretty soon to judge the earth. The first seals of the judgment of the tribulation are called the wrath of the Lamb. The second part is the wrath of God. Thank goodness that we're not appointed to wrath if we're born again. And then he says this, Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. Now he's speaking of the millennial reign. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that? I mean, if your kid brought in a lion today, what would you do? Run. You'd grab your kid and run with them. There's going to be a time when a child will bring a leopard or a lion or a bear. Hey, Daddy, I found this abandoned bear today. I named him George. Can we have him? Can we keep him? That would be a big uh, task to feed that thing. Look at the verse 7. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. Now, listen to this, folks. I'll, how many of you guys are afraid of snakes this morning? The infant will play near the hole of the cobra. And the young child puts his hand into the viper's nest. Here, boy. Verse 9, they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And the waters will cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him. And his place of rest will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the remnant that is left of his people from Assyria, from the lower Egypt, from upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylon, from Hamath, from the islands of the sea. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Do you know God's already doing that? He's bringing them back to their homeland. Ephraim's jealousy will vanish, and Judah's enemies will be cut off. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, nor Judah hostile towards Ephraim. They will swoop down on the slopes of Philistia to the west. Together they will plunder the people of the east. They will ha lay hands on Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites will be subject to them. The Lord will dry up the gulf of the Egyptian sea with a scorching wind. He will sweep his hand over the Euphrates River. He will break it up in seven streams so that men can cross over it in sandals. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people that is left from Assyria as there was for Israel when they came up from Egypt. Some of this is speaking of future things that are yet to come. But I read all of that and I think about all that Jesus is going to bring to this earth. That is the God that you and I serve. He's going to serve with righteousness and justice. Right now we see injustice going on. 
We see things that are crazy. I mean, there's things that I can't even imagine that are going on today. But Jesus is coming back and he's going to make it all right. He's going to make it perfect. If you've ever thought of a perfect world, it's when Jesus comes back. Let's go back to Isaiah 9. We're almost done here this morning. I want to go back to verse 6. Not only is he a child who is born and a son is given, and not only is he going to rule and reign on this earth, but let me tell you something. We cannot forget that he is called Wonderful Counselor. You think of the wonders of God. You think of the seven wonders of this world. God made that. Jesus made that. By him and through, th through him all things were created. We read that in John chapter 1 that he created all things. And you look at the wonders of this world even after the fall of man. Could you imagine what it was like in the Garden of Eden? How beautiful and wonderful it was. And yet we still have beautiful places in this world. I love the sunsets in Oklahoma. I do. I missed them when I moved away. And, and now I'm back and I get to see these beautiful, not, not a prettier place that I've ever been had sunsets like Oklahoma. Some of you are going, I got a different idea about what you're thinking, Pastor. But Okay, each of us has their own opinion, right? But they're, they're pretty. You get to see how beautiful. How about, how about the mountains? I'm from Colorado. I love mountains. I'm a mountain boy. I, a mountain man, I grew up wearing flannels and going fishing up in the mountains, getting up early. I remember in 1985, we went up on July 4th and woke up to three inches of snow and 30 degrees. Some of you might not like that. It was awesome as a kid. Fourth of July, I get to throw snowballs at my sister. Y'all think of the mountain peaks and the ocean and the beauty just here in the United States. And you go into the world and you see all the things that God created. And God created those. And so if those things are wonderful, how wonderful is he? The God that brings life and light in victory is wonderful. The God that brings you and I joy, he is wonderful. And he's to be praised. Christmas is about praising Jesus. It's about lifting him up. And it shouldn't just be on Christmas. This should be a daily thing. God, you are awesome because of what you've given me. God, you're amazing because I can see. God, you're awesome because I can walk. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of my kids that I've, I have. Thank you for the job that I've got. Thank you that I have a car that I can drive. When I went to Saudi Arabia, these little cars, it was like clown cars. They would drive up in little Hondas and about 13 people would get out. Be thankful that you don't have 13 people crawling out of your car. People lived in housing. I shared this with you recently that in our cars, their homes were made out of parcel building and parcel tarps, blue tarps that you and I buy from the store to cover up our trash. Be thankful that you have four walls and heat. How about be thankful that you have air conditioning in the summertime in Oklahoma? I forgot how hot it was here until I moved here. And I went, oh my goodness, I'm going to melt. That's the God that you and I serve. He is wonderful. How about this? He is not only wonderful, but he is a wonderful counselor. 
He gives you counsel. You need an answer from God, he will give it to you. You need wisdom, he'll give you wisdom. You need encouragement, he'll give you encouragement. You need strength, he'll give you strength. He is mighty God, that means he's everlasting, he always has been. Nothing that has happened in your life has moved God. Let me tell you something, nothing that has happened in your life has moved God. Nothing that has happened in our nation is moving God. He doesn't wring his hands trying to figure out what he's going to do next. He has everything laid out. He knows the beginning from the end. He is the everlasting father, the prince of peace. How many of you need peace this morning? If you're born again, you have peace. You have peace. In fact, this is not in my notes, but go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or fret or worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of who? God. Which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. You need peace this morning? Tap into the one that can give you peace. And guess what he'll do? He'll guard your heart and your mind. Because the enemy attacks what? He attacks your thoughts. And your thoughts attack your, uh, attack your feelings, your, your emotions and your desires. And so he will guard your thoughts and your, he'll bring his peace over you. You need an answer. God says, oh, I'll give an answer to him to bring you peace. How many of you guys have had that happen before? You needed an answer from God, and right at the right moment, God came through and gave you the answer. And it brings you peace, doesn't it? Hallelujah. You're, you, you heard me, Lord. And, and why is it that we get surprised every time that happens? I think it's, I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. Maybe it's a, it could be a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Hey, it's like Christmas all over again, Right? He gives you peace. And it, it's, a, it's a supernatural peace. And it's, it transcends all understanding. It, you, you can't understand it, but God just gives you peace. You're going through a difficulty. You, just, you know it's tough, but all of a sudden you have this peace that just fills your heart. I want to finish this by saying a couple things. Not only do we have victory in Christ... Not only has he given us life in light and joy, but he has given us victory over sin. I want to finish with that, victory over sin. Go with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. First of all, the title is, Why Did Jesus Come? Verse 20, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. 
because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their what? Their sins. The final thing is Jesus gives us victory over sins. He came because of sin. We know this, but do we forget it sometimes? That Jesus came to save us from sin. Have you ever thought about that for a minute? To save you from sin. To give you the strength to say no to what? Sin. And if you're saying, Pastor, what do you mean? Go with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 7. John says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does, who, he who does, what, he who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Now, what he means by that, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. He doesn't mean we won't sin. How many of us sin sometimes? Yeah, that should have been the whole audience, right? So you just sin by lying. Gotcha. He's not saying that you won't sin. He's saying that you should not go on to sinning. Do you, do you see the difference? Doesn't mean you won't make mistakes once in a while. What it means is there should be a change in our life. When we get saved, there should be a change. We shouldn't go on doing the old things that we used to do. The things of the world. That means we're living for Christ. Will, will we make a mistake once in a while? Yes. And the wonderful thing is we have an advocate, right? We have somebody that will stand up for us. But Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. And part of that was sin. Hallelujah. So you have power over sin. I'm not speaking uh, blasphemy this morning. That's in the Bible. I, I get that we're saved by grace. We're sinners just saved by grace. But can I say this real quick this morning? You and I are not only saved by grace, but we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to live in grace, to do what's right, and to say no to sin. I hope you're understanding that this morning. We often get this idea that we're, we're failures in Christ, that we don't have victory and we can't do it. and We need to change our mindset and think, no, we can in Christ. Through him, I can do all things. I, I can get through struggles. I can say no to that temptation. Man, that chocolate bar looks great. I know I'm not supposed to. I'm diabetic, but I know I'm not supposed to have it. Right? I know it's Thanksgiving and Christmas, and that's that time to overeat. I've sinned. 
And some of you guys are, think it's a big deal. But no, that some people, it is a big deal. Right? Because of health issues. So I want to finish this real quick. Jesus not only came to give us life. How many of you guys have life this morning? Jesus came to give you light. That light that shines so all men can see it. Jesus came to give you joy. Hallelujah. Jesus came to give you peace. How many of you have it this morning? And Jesus came to give you victory. One of those things is victory over sin. Guys, that's what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus, and it's about living in and through him and for him. So as you go out and you're shopping, you see somebody in need, bless them. Yeah, you see somebody that needs a touch or a prayer, pray for them. You see somebody that needs a door open, be the hands and feet of Jesus. So I left, I left one announcement on purpose for the end of this message. Not because I'm trying to make you feel bad, or, but tomorrow Stacy and I are going to be handing out 20 bags or boxes to people in need. If you know somebody in need, let me know. But we would like to have a couple or a few people to help us do that tomorrow. Second thing is, is Christmas is about Jesus. And it's pretty somber here this morning. It's quiet this morning. That's good. That means you're thinking, right? I hope in your thoughts you're like, man, I can't wait till he's over with this. Please keep that to yourself. <laughs> I'll let the Lord deal with you on that one. But on the second thing is, is it's, it's sinking in. It's, it's, you don't have to be a talker like me to shine like Jesus. Sometimes it's better that you don't say anything. This thing gets me into trouble. It did last night. You had to have been at the party last night to understand that. With every head bowed and every eye closed to you this morning, do you have Jesus in your heart this morning? Are you washed in the blood? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Do you know where you're going when you die? The Bible says that we can be sure of our salvation. We can know without a shadow of doubt where we're going when we take our last breath. Jesus said that he died for your sins. And if we will admit that we've sinned against God, and that we can't get to heaven on our own and ask Jesus to come into our life and surrender our life to him. He promises that he will implant his Holy Spirit into our hearts and he will forgive us of our sins and remember them no more. He will cast them as far as the east is from the west. Are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I've never given my life to Jesus before, but I want Jesus in my heart. I want to be born again this morning. I want to know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And you want to make a decision for Christ today. Would nobody look around? Would you just raise your hand? Are you here this morning? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else here this morning? Anybody else? I'll give you one more time. I'm waiting patiently. Thank you. Anybody else here this morning? Don't leave without asking Jesus in your heart. 
If you raised your hand this morning, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith this morning. And you need to mean it with all your heart. Let, let me share one thing with you. You don't have to look up. I'll make, make this real quick. If you've done it in faith already and you've asked Jesus in your heart, God took you at, at your word the first time you did it. If you didn't mean it and you mean it today, then now's the time. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and come forward to receive Christ in your heart. Come down to the front. Are you here this morning? You raised your hand. Come down. I want to pray with you. You may not get tomorrow. Thank you. Anybody else here this morning? Anybody else? I thought I saw one more hand, but I'm going to leave it between you and the Lord. Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I ask you to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. This day, I surrender my whole life, all my plans to you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died on the cross. God raised you from the dead on the third day. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys give a round of applause? Don't forget, next Sunday morning, we're having our candy cane program, and the youth are going to be performing next Sunday. There won't be, I'm going to do a little message at the end, not very long. It's going to be more focused on their program next Sunday morning. And then we will have church tonight, Sunday night, and we will have church next Sunday night. And then, of course, I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve. How many of you guys are uh, going to be able to make it to the Christmas Eve? I'm, no, I'm not going to put you on the spot. But uh, if you can, please come to that candlelight service. God bless you. Love you. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next week.